The following is a presentation of the Connection Church, a place where people are being set free. If you'd like to know more information about our community, you can join us online at connectionchurchnc.com. I believe it would be very right for us this morning to give God praise for what He is doing, for Him being in this place, for Him working in our lives whether we realize it or not. I believe that sometimes we can go through life so fast and at such a pace that we forget that we are being driven, that we're being filled by the very presence of God. And this morning, I just want to let you inside a little bit of where I'm at is I woke up early this morning to come to this place, to set this place with a phenomenal team of people. And as soon as I woke up this morning, as soon as my alarm went off, I said to God, not that I needed to say anything to him because he already knew this, but I said to him this morning, God, I have absolutely nothing to give to you this morning. I have nothing to give to you, God. I was just being very honest and very real. And so where we are this morning and where you are, and when we leave out of here in about 30-so minutes, what you're going to experience is exactly what Lori just said. God's presence is very real in this place, whether you realize it or not. The table has been set. This place has been prepared. Our hearts have been prepared. There are people praying over this very service right now. And so I want you just to take a deep breath and relax because you're getting ready to experience the Holy Spirit. You're getting ready to experience His love. You're getting ready to experience His passion for you. This morning's message is so simple. It's one that I hope that when you leave out of here, you take with you. This isn't difficult. I will almost say this is not even challenging. But this is just about being who God created you to be. Oh, it may be a little different than the way you're living your life right now. But I promise you, when you leave this place this morning, you will not leave this place confused. And so, God, right now, I ask you in the powerful name of Jesus to do what only you can do in this place. God, your people came here today not for a show. They did not come here for a sermon. God, they came here, whether they know it or not, to experience your power and your passion and your love for them. And so, God, will you move freely among us? God, will you bring sin to the forefront of our mind? God, will you allow your grace to be felt in a very real way this morning? God, will you allow your mercy to be extended? And God, may someone today in this very room who does not know you, Jesus, as their Savior, will you right now, through your Holy Spirit, just start speaking to them in a language that I could never muster? Because, God, I know that I don't even have to pray for this because this is what you desire. And so, God, move and have your way. And we thank you in advance. For it's in your name we pray. Amen. 
Hey guys, I, I just want to share something with you. I, I've recently moved. Some of you know that, some of you don't. I've recently moved. I've moved and I have lived in eight different houses. Crazy, huh? I'm sort of nomadic. I like to move and change things up. My wife doesn't, but we've moved eight times since we've been married. We've been married now for almost 15 years, August 7th. We've moved eight times, and it's probably not going to be our last. Sorry, Daesh. Um, but the other day, I was outside, and I saw one of my new neighbors sitting on her front porch which is an oddity today because most people are sitting on their back porch, right? But I saw this lady sitting on her porch, and I had the bright idea. I said, I'm going to go across the street, and I'm going to introduce myself and let her know who I am as her new neighbor. And so as I walked across the street, I got about halfway into her yard, and I thought, man, this may look a little strange, We're not used to this kind of stuff these days, are we? And and she's sitting on the front porch, and and it was only like a three-second mental conversation that I had with myself. And I thought, she probably thinks that I'm coming over here to assault her. I'm probably walking across the street to check out her goods, what she has. She may even thought that I was going to rob her. And I think that's where she was because when I got about halfway into her yard, she had let her big dog loose that came and, and, and I stopped because that's what I do when dogs come around. I don't care how small or big. Sometimes I do this just by natural reflex, but, but. But I stopped, and I just said from about here to the back of the room, I said, hey, you doing? I said, I'm Scott. I've moved in here. I just wanted to introduce myself. And listen, it was very awkward, and I like to think that I'm somewhat of a people person. But man, people today are so private. We've secluded ourselves, and, and we just don't want too many people coming into our area and interfering with our personal space and getting into our business. That's why many of us in this very room who call Connection Church home, we just don't know each other. Somewhere there's been a shift, because I remember back in my Papaw's days, I remember when I was little growing up in this very area, I remember sitting out. He didn't have a porch, so we just sat in his driveway. Anybody have those? We didn't have a porch. He didn't. We sat on his blacktop driveway right on West Lexington Avenue, and we'd sit out there for hours. And I remember when he would sit out there with me, cars would be constantly streaming by, and and, and every car, it seemed like, would either honk their horn or they would wave. You know what? Some even would just pull in unannounced. And we'd have conversations. I, my all knew everybody. I remember driving in his old Ford pickup truck. We'd be driving down the road. And right on these very streets right here in this community, we'd be driving down the road and every car that we passed, my all would just throw up his hand. Every car, throw up his hand. And it was amazed, or I was amazed at how many people waved back. They throw their hand up. People in this very community today, they only throw their hand up if they've got one finger raised for some reason. But somewhere there's been a shift 
in our culture, even in this very wonderful place that I've called home all my life. I've been all over the country, all up in Canada, but I love this place and I call this place home and God has allowed me and a wonderful team of people to start trying to change this culture. We believe that God has placed us here to be the catalyst for change in this community. That's a huge task, but he's called us to take on the Piedmont Triad. And guys, we can't do this alone. For this thing to even shift a little bit, it's going to take many of us. It's going to take all of us to be on the same page, moving in the same direction, even sometimes acting the same. And so I don't know where this shift and where this change has occurred, but I know that it has occurred. You see, Bill Hybels... Some of you have read this book. Back in June of 2006, he wrote a book called Just Walk Across the Room. And the whole preface of this book was it was about telling people that you were in a room with about how you love Jesus and how he's transformed your life. Well, let me just give you a little heads up. Today in the year 2014, just eight short years removed from the release of his book, Just Walk Across the Room. Today, most of our rooms are empty. So there's no one to even talk to in our rooms because that is too close quarters for us. And so I don't think that just walking across the room to an empty room is going to allow us to share the good news of Jesus with anybody because they're empty. And so for us as a movement of God, here's something that we have to start doing. Not walking across the room. But listen, church, we're going to have to start walking across the streets. And we're going to have to start walking down the streets. And I'm not a prophet. Because I know that weirds people out. But I believe in the very near future. There are going to be more people falling in love with Jesus and hearing the life-transforming good news of Jesus on the streets and in the cul-de-sacs and in your living rooms, more so than the Sunday school classrooms, more so than behind stained glass windows. And yes, Pastor Bradley just shared some phenomenal news about a church that you guys are building in this wonderful community. The streets and the cul-de-sacs in your living room may see more life transformation in them than even the church building that we're going to be building. And so something has to change in our mindset, because there are, it looks like to me, things being designed to cause us to separate ourselves. This culture that we have gotten caught up into tells us that we need to be disjointed. We need to be separate. We need to be spending our time on ourself and I want to just lob this question out to you this morning before we go any further. I'm going to ask you, what is it in your life that is causing you to be separated? 
from God? Oh, listen, I could spend the rest of our time this morning talking about what those things are. I know it's our time. I know it's our priorities. I know it's our selfishness. I know it's our pride. And the list goes on. But what is it in your life that is causing you to be separated from God? You know what it is. What's causing you to be separated from your spouse or your family? And again, you know what that is. I'll ask you, what's causing you to be separated or pulled away from the purpose that God designed for you to be about? What is it that is causing all the separation and disunity in your life? Because it's not only happening in your life, it's happening all around us. Scott, I thought this was about Acts chapter 2 and the Holy Spirit and communion. And here's what I have to say. Thank God that His Holy Spirit that is in this very room this morning is about unity. If you don't remember Anything else I say the rest of this morning. Here is the very simple message. Is that the Holy Spirit of God is at work. To bring about unity. I say in your relationships, in your marriages. I promise you because listen there sometimes is in my wife's in my life. There's just sometimes disunity where she's this way and I'm this way. Now, I'm wrong, but she's right. But it's amazing that we both have this same desire to be Christ-like. And the Holy Spirit does His thing in our lives, and He causes us to somehow become unified. The vision of this church that God gave us. There may be many people who think that we do things this way. That we've done things over here wrong. But the unifying vision is that we're taking Jesus to every person that we come into contact with. And so whether you think it's this or this, the Holy Spirit is at work today in this movement bringing us Together, unified. In your Bibles, it's in Acts chapter 2. I'm going to start reading around verse 42, if you have a Bible. It says they, listen, that's us, devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. It says everyone was filled with awe and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. It says all believers... 
I think we've run over that verse so many times. But all believers were together and they had everything in common. Selling their possession and goods they gave to one another as he had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. Praising God. And enjoying the favor of all the people. And it says the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. We can take some time to read that for what it really says. Some of us, if we're honest, we cringe at that. You see, you've got to understand there was about 3,120 plus believers at this time, and they were all together. And there's a couple of things that stand out to me there. And the first is that they had everything in common. Some of us cringe at that. Because some of us, and you know who you are in this room, you can't even get along for 30 minutes at a family reunion. You don't know who your neighbors are. And these people, 3,000 plus, were all together every day. And they were sharing things. And they were selling off things and giving to those who were in need. I believe we've gotten a long ways away from that church. There's something else that stands out to me. And it says in the 47th verse there that it says that they enjoyed the favor of all the people. They enjoyed the favor of all the people. What we've got to understand here is we've got to understand that it wasn't the people here. I'm just going to be very honest with you. Those people back then are just like you and I. Oh, culture has changed a little bit, but they were human just like you and I. And they enjoyed the favor of everyone. I bet you that someone has done something to you this very morning that you didn't care for. And it says they enjoyed the favor of all the people. But it had nothing to do with the people. You see, we've got to understand something here. And real quickly, I don't want you to miss this. Is something happened when the Holy Spirit came earlier on in Acts chapter 2. Something happened. Because we know if you go back to Acts chapter 1 verse 8, it says, you can go look this later up, because it tells us that there were only about 120 believers Only about 120 believers. And we've got to understand that Jesus had been doing his thing. Jesus had been doing his thing for three years. He had been alive for 33 years. 
He had been doing his healing. He had been doing his miracles. He had just been doing his thing. And when Peter stood up to speak, only 120 believers were there. And Jesus had spent three years ministering. And then all of a sudden, this Holy Spirit comes onto the scene. And Peter, not Jesus, preached this message. And Peter speaks, and three thousand people become believers. This Holy Spirit started to change things like these people had never seen before. Now you've got 3,000 people who have everything in common. They're enjoying the favor of everything. And we've got to ask ourselves, what is going on? And to find out what's going on, you can turn to Galatians chapter 5 with me. And you start to see what's taking place and what this Holy Spirit brings to the table. You see, what this Holy Spirit of God brings is something that we desperately need. You see, the Holy Spirit says this, verse 22 of Galatians 5, says, but the fruit or, or the byproduct of the Holy Spirit is this. The Holy Spirit brings into our presence love. And He brings joy. And He brings peace and patience and kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And I don't have to be the only one standing or sitting in this room this morning to say that sometimes my life does not reflect that. I believe that's why we are sometimes in the predicament that we are in because we take back control and allow the Holy Spirit to just go over here and do His thing. You see, that is how 3,120 plus people got along and shared everything in common and had the favor of all the people because their lives were representing God's life. There was love and there was joy. There was peace. There was patience. And it wasn't because these people had it together. No, they were just like us. But the Holy Spirit brought something to those people. And the same Holy Spirit that was present then is the same Holy Spirit that is in Scott's life. He's the same Holy Spirit that dwells in this place. And He's the same Holy Spirit that wants to guide your every move of your life. And so today, if you're sitting here and those characteristics are not part of your life, no wonder we're in the shape we're in. You see, every single one of us who call ourselves followers of Jesus... We are filled with this Holy Spirit. And this Holy Spirit offers the same qualities and characteristics to every single one of you. You see, the Holy Spirit is attractive. 
not in looks, but he is like a magnet. And I love the last part of this Acts chapter 2 and verse 47. Because if we read this just at surface level, we can look at it and say, well, this is great. This was a community of believers. They had everything in common. They shared their possessions. They were just communal living. They had like this Christian bubble that they were in and everybody wanted to do the same thing. Of course we can get along with people that are like-minded. But we've got to see what it says in the 47th verse. The Holy Spirit is so attractive that there were people on the outside who were seeing and feeling and sensing the way these people were living and they wanted to know what was going on. Why are these people so loving? Why are these people so giving? Why is there so much joy in their life? They live in the same community that I do. They are going through the same things that I am going through. What is different for them than it is for me? And it says this, that the Lord added to their number daily those who are being saved. I believe when we understand the fullness of what God's Holy Spirit wants to do in every single one of our lives, and when we walk out of this building, this safe, nice, when we walk out here and our lives reflect Christ's and there's joy oozing from our lives, oh, everything's not perfect. It'll never be perfect. But when we're oozing joy, and when we have patience, and when we bring peace into a situation that does not require peace, there's going to be people who are outside wanting to know what and why you are like you are. You see, that's how the Holy Spirit works in our lives. The Holy Spirit makes you and I attractive. These guys and these girls and even these children here, they weren't anything special. They were just simply being moved by the Holy Spirit of God. They had everything in common. They enjoyed the favor of all the people. And a couple times here in this scripture, it says that they were in each other's house and they broke bread together. And so this morning, that's exactly what we're going to do Because we know that this same Holy Spirit that was working then is wanting to work today in your life. And so church, I know that this can be some kind of a weird act for some of you. But we as believers of Jesus Christ, we believe. We believe that His body is represented here by this bread. Listen, I know. Maybe this is the first time you've ever been to Connection or you've been to a church and you're like, man, this is weird. But here, 
as followers of Jesus Christ, we believe in holy communion. And we believe that his body was broken for every single one of you. You see, these people back here early on, they got this. Most of them saw this firsthand. And so when Jesus told them to do it, it was nothing weird. Because they saw his body broken for them. And so today we celebrate Holy Communion and we know that this bread represents the broken body of Jesus Christ. I love this scripture that comes from Isaiah. And it comes from Isaiah chapter 53, verse 5. It's going to be on the screen. You'll see it. In Isaiah chapter 53, verse 5. It says that he was pierced for our transgressions and he was crushed for our iniquities. Meaning that we are messed up. We are sinners. We don't have this thing figured out. And we need someone to stand in our place who actually does. And that's Jesus. And it goes on. It says the punishment that brought us peace it was upon Jesus and it says and by his wounds we're healed you see back early on early church Acts chapter 2 when this first started going on these people saw this And it meant something very intimate and it meant something very powerful to them. Because they saw his body broken. They saw the bruises. And just about this time that we're reading in Acts 2, they just started to get it. That that was done for them. I believe some of us in this room some of the things that are causing us to be separate from everyone else maybe even from our very spouses maybe from our friends maybe from our family is is that we've not understood what Jesus did for us and I love this You see here, not only is it about Jesus' body, but it's also about the blood that he shed on the cross. You see, we sang a beautiful song just a few minutes ago. And it's a song that said something like this. You gave it all for me. You see this cup here today represents the blood of Jesus that was shed to cover over all of your sins every single one of them that you have ever done in your life your past and your present and even your future sins he shed his blood on the cross to cover them all Isaiah says some more things that are just mind-blowing. 
In chapter 1, verse 18, Isaiah, the prophet, says this. Though your sins are like scarlet. Man, some of our sins are crazy sins in this room. They shall be as white as snow. You see, that's how powerful the blood of Jesus is in our life. Some of these people back in Acts chapter 2, they were all together, who were all passionate, who were all being filled with the Holy Spirit. They saw Jesus bleeding on the cross. They saw it. And then they were told by Peter that that is what he had to do to cover your sins. You better believe that we have everything in common. Oh, you wronged me? Hey man, I forgive you. You see, that's how they enjoyed the favor of all the people. They knew how wretched they were. And they saw what Jesus did on the cross for them. That little thing that you did to me is nothing. Jesus had to die on a cross to cover that. All I've got to do is just forgive you. Of course we're going to share the favor of all the people working together under the name of Jesus Christ. It continues. They they are as red as crimson. They shall be like wool. So that's why we celebrate Holy Communion. This is an act that brings people together. You see, the Holy Spirit unifies us because we're like-minded We're wanting to see the same thing accomplished. We're wanting to see people who are far away from Jesus come to understand that there's nothing in their life that separates them from Him because of what He did on the cross. And so today, there may be some of you in here and you don't have that relationship with Jesus like you've never said anywhere, whether it's in a living room or in a church, you've never said, Jesus, I am wretched and I am a mess and I need a Savior. You've never said anything like that. Today I want to give you that opportunity. Right now, Jesus, I'm a mess. I have so many things in my life that are separating me from you. But what you're saying to me today, Scott, is because what Jesus did a long time ago on the cross, even though I don't understand it fully, what he did on that cross, you mean to tell me that Jesus Christ and that cross is enough? That's exactly what I'm telling you. Today, his Holy Spirit has laid and prepared the way. And so if that's you today, and you've never asked Jesus to be your Savior, I'm just going to ask you right now, would you like to have Jesus as your Savior?
Listen, if you've done this before, if you've prayed any kind of prayer, if you've ever been at a service where maybe you stood up or raised a hand, listen, you don't have to get resaved. But maybe you're here today and you've never said anything like that. But I would love to have Jesus as my Savior. Would you just lift a hand? Would you just raise your hand? God, I need Jesus as my Savior. First, aren't you going to tell people to close their eyes? No. But I need Jesus as my Savior. Would you just lift a hand and you raise it high so I can see it? Thank you. Amen. There's nothing special about it. There's nothing complicated about it. You see, I believe that Jesus died for us. And because he died for us, he gives us new life. Brand new life. That we're no longer the same. And so today, I know that there may be some others. You see, this is an act that we as Christians do. And so what I'm going to ask you Christians to do is I'm just going to ask you to prepare your heart right now. Hey, Jesus, thank you for dying for me. Thank you for shedding your blood to cover my sins. And God, in these next few moments, I pray as believers come and partake in communion, God, that this will be something very special. But God, this will be something that brings us together and it unifies us because we are here all for the same purpose. And that is to see the name of Jesus Christ be taken to every single person. And so I'm going to ask you right now, would you just stand? And this morning, we're going to actually take communion by intention. And I'm going to ask you on this side, if you would go to the outside and you come and you take the bread and you would just dip it into that cup. And if you're on this side, I'm going to ask you if you would go to the outside and come to the front and do the same and you'll return to the center aisle. But today, as you partake, I want you to understand that Jesus Christ, he loves every single one of you right where you are. Would you come?